What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Fast and Flow podcast. I'm your host, Fast and Flow, otherwise known as Katherine Kelly, a New York City-based long-distance runner and certified personal trainer, and I also work in corporate strategy. And today we're going to talk about manifestation, how I use manifestation, how I believe manifestation works in real life, and how I think that you can actually use these concepts in your life, because I think if you don't know that much about it or you haven't practiced it that much, it kind of sounds a little bit woo-woo and it sounds fake. Like you can't just think something into existence, right? Like there has to be action paired with it. And yeah, I totally agree. So I'm going to go through how I've used it for multiple things in my life, including my job, including my race times for both marathon and half marathon, including becoming an quote-unquote influencer or creator, whatever you want to call it, on TikTok and Instagram. But before we get into that, as always, let's do a little life update. This past week truly put me through the ringer. I was not sleeping. Honestly, for like probably 10 days straight, I was sleeping six hours or under six hours. And for me, that just doesn't fly. Like I'm somebody who needs seven hours solid. If I get eight, that's just like the cherry on top. But seven to seven and a half is what I aim for. I did not get that for like 10 days straight. And it was a combination of work being really stressful and just like having a lot of work streams going on right now. And I got promoted to manager a couple months ago. So I've just been taking on a lot more responsibility, which is great. And it's something that I really enjoyed doing. But it's just like a lot was going on with that. And to just add the cherry on top, we were looking for a new apartment. And in New York, it's very stressful because you really can't look for an apartment until you're a month out from being homeless. So you see an apartment, you have to put the deposit down, get the application in and seal the deal. And so that's really stressful because if you see one apartment that you kind of like, but you're like, I don't know, I might see something better. You really don't have too much time to deliberate on it. You kind of have to either act on it or know that it's going to be gone if you wait a day. Like it seriously will be gone in 24 hours. So yeah, that was kind of stressful, but we did find the apartment. I probably saw 10 apartments over the course of four days. So I was hustling, but We ended up going with a larger one-bed apartment on the Upper West Side. Right now, we live in Chelsea, but we were considering going two-bed, two-bath. Like, that is definitely ideal, but we just don't really know where we're going to be in a year. We're getting married in a year, and so we kind of wanted to just give it one more year of living in a one-bed, just another 12-month lease, and then kind of decide where we're going to be for a little bit longer term, I would say, like in the next, as in for three or four years instead of just signing one-year leases again and again and so it's just really hard because a lot of places you'll see and you'll love them and the rent you can absolutely afford but with the broker's fee like a lot of these brownstone apartments are condo or co-op owned so there's individual owners it's not like a big management company that owns the entire building or like multiple buildings it's literally individual owners own the apartment units and so you do have to pay a broker fee which totally makes sense and sometimes if it's a condo you have to pay like board application fees and stuff like that which is fine but we just were not ready to invest in that money if we're only going to be somewhere for a year like it totally makes sense if you're going to be there for three four five years because that's a one-time fee and then your rent just goes back down to normal the next year but if you're only going to be there for one year it doesn't really make sense so anyway We are going to be moving to a slightly larger one-bed apartment. It's great. It's western-facing, so we're overlooking the Hudson River. So it's basically going to have light until the (laughs) the very last drop of sunset, which is amazing. And natural light is something I really prioritize in my apartment because I work from home and... I just am not happy if it's not light. So I, we saw a bunch of apartments that were 
larger but just didn't have natural light or were on a super low floor or were just like not facing a view and you can make the argument like that is more important to have more square footage which we were going back and forth on but for me given I am the one who's literally sitting here 24 hours a day like seven days a week like obviously go out and run stuff a lot but for the most part I'm sitting and working in my apartment so natural light is super important for me and I really do think it's important to kind of notice like whether you call it feng shui or just kind of the vibe of an apartment. Like I almost think of, you know, how a dog will like turn around a bunch of times before it can lay down. That's kind of how I feel like I can't just sit somewhere random and work or just like be somewhere random. Like I really have to feel good where I am. Like the vibe just has to be right. I guess it's just the feng shui. Like the apartment has to be set up correctly. The light has to be set up correctly. Like I, I really am very like sensitive to those types of things, if that makes sense. So yeah, so natural light is super important. I am just really excited to move apartments and just get rid of all the shit that we don't need. Like I'm only bringing clothes with me that I absolutely love. I'm only bringing appliance with me that I absolutely use. Like I'm only bringing books that we need. I'm just only bringing stuff that we need. I think when you move to apartments, it's a great time to kind of purge the, th- the things that you don't need and donate them because somebody else would be like so happy to have like all these clothes that I never wear, like just all these things that I never use. And so I think it's really great. Like not only do you feel lighter, but you're also, you can donate everything so that someone else can use it. But yeah, there there is a very real aspect to just feeling lighter and less burdened when you only have things you need. And literally that makes me just want to be a minimalist. But like at the end of the day, I just don't think I would be totally happy being a minimalist because I do value products and I do like products and I like getting new things. But I definitely think with like the whole influencer culture and social media, like this literally happened to me last night. I'll be so influenced to buy something that I don't need. Like I was just like, watching a youtube video and this influencer i love was drinking out of a stanley and then i was like immediately going on amazon i was like i need to order a stanley and then brett walked in and he was like you realize we have like two hydro flasks like four yetis you have like two other different types of water bottles like why do you need to get a stanley and i was like i don't like that's such a good point so anyway the vibe is purge everything we don't need donate it and only take what we love minimalism yes So let's get into the episode, and I don't really have many notes written down for this, I just kind of know I want to talk about manifestation and how I use it in my life. So we're just going to kind of go off of feeling here, but I was listening to an End My Let podcast last week, and this one quote really stuck out to me, and I was like, yes, that is the crux of manifestation, and the quote is, you will never rise above what you believe you deserve. You will never rise above what you believe you deserve. And this to me is the crux of manifestation because manifestation is you first taking the step to believe that you are able to achieve a certain thing, be a certain person, feel a certain way, have a certain life. It's first you believing that, that precedes you actually achieving those things. You have to believe before you can achieve. I feel like I've heard that in a movie or something and I didn't even mean to say it like that. That is what manifestation is. It is the belief in yourself that you can have the thing, the life that you want. However, the thinking cannot happen in isolation. It has to be followed by action. If it's not followed by action, you will not get what you want. Plain and simple. There are no shortcuts in life. There is no, like, just thinking that you want something and then it's going to fall in your lap. And I think that's often 
the misunderstood part of manifestation. People think it's just like, okay, if I just think really hard and I just like write down a million times that I want this thing, like it'll just happen to me. Like I don't have to do anything. It'll just happen to me. And that is totally not true, but there is an element of underlying truth to that. And the truth to that is the more a thought is repeated, the higher the frequency of that thought is. So it's kind of like vibrating in your mind. Like the more you're thinking something, it's going to keep vibrating in the back of your mind. And your subconscious self is going to grab onto that thought. And then it's going to look for things in your life, for people in your life, for opportunities in your life to make that thought true. So manifestation is truly bringing the thoughts in your head into reality. You're like, literally like shape-shifting or like transforming thoughts into real tangible things. And that's the crazy thing. And the the way that I can explain it the most is think about if you're like, oh, I really want a blue car, but like, I don't know anyone else that has blue cars. Is it weird if I get a blue car? Like, is that just totally weird? The second you think that, all you're going to start seeing are blue cars. And I know that we've all had this happen to us. And it's, it's something called the... RAS, which is your reticular activating system in your brain. And it basically filters out unnecessary information so you can only see information and absorb information that's relevant to your life. Because think about how many stimuli are just coming into our eyes like every single second. Like you wouldn't be able to absorb all of that and make sense of all of it. There's too much randomness happening. So your RAS your brain filters out the things that don't matter to you so that you can focus on the things that do matter to you. So like, that's the case of, oh, like my friend just got a Volkswagen bug, but I feel like people don't drive those anymore. Like do people drive those? And then all you see after that are like Volkswagen bugs. Like it just happens like that. So manifestation can honestly work in both ways. Like, and I think oftentimes the sad part is like, we don't even realize we're kind of like manifesting failure or manifesting just negative things to happen in our life. Because if subconsciously you keep thinking, I'm not good enough. I could never achieve that. Only other people can do that, but not me like in another life, like all of those types of thoughts, then it's true. Like the fact that you're thinking those things makes it true. If that makes sense, like you can only have the life that you believe you deserve. Like, as I just That's literally what I started off with. Like, that is the crux of manifestation. So if you don't believe you deserve a certain thing, then you're making it true, which is so sad. But the good news of this is if you believe you deserve a certain thing, then you can have it. You can literally have anything. And I think that's the most beautiful part about life. Like, your life is just a perception of what you believe it is, right? It's it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like inception, but it's really, really true. And so I want to give you some examples of the things that I've manifested thus far in my life. And it's really made me believe in this form of thought. And I am just seeing so many doors open of things I can use it for in the future. The first time I really saw this work in my life was when I moved from investment banking into the job I have now, which is corporate strategy at a connected fitness company. I moved, I was looking for jobs about two years ago. I moved about a year and a half ago. But at that time, I really was only aware of like maybe 10 companies that fell into kind of like the stage of growth that I wanted to join a company in. Like I didn't want to join a company that just like didn't have any funding and didn't have any track record. So like I wanted to join a company that was at least had several rounds of funding under them and was in the connected fitness space, which connected fitness just means it's like, 
it's like smart fitness, if you will, right? It's like you have the hardware, but then you also are streaming content into the machine and you're taking a class through. It's like Peloton is a connected fitness. The company I work for, Tonal, is a connected fitness strength machine. So I had an Excel list of, you know, the 10 companies that I was interested in working for. And this did not come quickly. This did not come easily to me. Like I was looking for six months. There was very specific jobs that I wanted. And so I first, I had to believe that I deserved, quote unquote, deserved to leave investment banking. There was this like weird thing in me where I just felt like I was being lazy if I left, like I was failing if I left because whatever job I took after that, I was certainly going to be making way less money. Um, which like when you're working in investment banking, I feel like money is just like the, the number one thing that people care about, or at least that's my perception of it. And it's just, so it took me a long time to even believe I deserved that. Right. And so that, that come that kind of comes back to, you can only have the life you believe you deserve. So I feel like when I didn't really believe that I deserved to leave, cause maybe I thought I hadn't achieved enough. I hadn't learned enough. I hadn't made enough money, whatever it was like, well, yeah, then the opportunities were not coming my way. The opportunities I wanted were not coming my way, right? But the second I switched that on and I was like, no, I I know that I'm, I see myself. I know that I'm going to be working at a connected fitness company. I see myself there. Like I see myself being so passionate about the job that I work for. And I know that's coming my, my way. I trust that. That's also part about manifestation. You have to have trust in the process because these things don't just fall into your lap. Like just because... I believed that I deserved a job in the connected fitness industry. It didn't mean it just fell into my lap the next day. It took me like six months, right? But I was super diligent. I was always on the lookout, always on LinkedIn, always going to company websites, always kind of being on the lookout, taking calls with people that I heard them say, oh, they worked for a company that I was interested in. So take a call with them, learn more from them. I started listening to podcasts about companies that I was interested in. I actually listened to a podcast on Tonal before I joined. And I was like, wow, the founder sounds super smart. Like the product sounds very interesting. I would love to work for that company. So I just started absorbing as much as I could because I was like, you know what? I know that's where I want to be. I know I'm going to be in the connected fitness space. And then my mind just like, I mean, this was conscious and subconscious, but just started looking for connections, people, information, like about companies in that space to the point that one day randomly at one or two in the morning, this was after I finished work and I was on a live deal and I was like so stressed out and it was just, it was really freaking hard. I was so tired. And I wanted to go to bed so badly, but I don't know what this is. And something there's just like, sometimes there's just these things in you and you're like, I just, I just knew I had to do that. I was like, I know I need to go and I need to go look for jobs right now. And I know I need to go to the websites that I've been tracking for months and months and I, an opportunity hasn't opened up, but I, I just need to go look again. And that's when I found this job at Tonal. I applied right then and I immediately reached out to people on LinkedIn that worked on the team that had also previously worked in investment banking and I got a call set up right away before I even spoke to HR before I even knew I had an interview I was like I'm getting a call set up and yeah so it was just like and then yes obviously I went through the process the interview process I had many many interviews I had to do a case study it was a whole thing right and then I'm at the job now I love it I love where I am I've been here for a year and a half and I'm only getting better and stronger and learning so much and just feel even more passionate about the job but I wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't believe that I deserved it, if I didn't see myself there first, right? So I knew it was coming and it took a long time, but it happened. 
The second place I've used manifestation in my life heavily is running. So soon after I got my job at Tonal, so this was now last year. So uh, this was the winter of 2022. So right at the beginning of last year, I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for a marathon because I am going to have more time now. I'm going to be at my new job. I'm going to have more time to run and to train. So I'm going to sign up for a marathon and I want to run a 3.30. So for my age group, which is, well, I guess I was 24 at the time, um, the Boston qualifying time is sub 3.30, which so sub three hours and 30 minutes for a marathon. And the marathon that I was running in Brooklyn was a Boston qualifier. I'd run a handful of half marathons before this, but I only run one full marathon and it was back in 2016 when I just knew nothing and I was training in a very unhealthy fashion. I was extremely um, deprived of calories and nutrients and my race ended up, I finished in like five hours, right? That was my only other experience with a marathon. So to just come out and say like, I'm going to run a 330 was pretty rich, (laughs) like very rich. I would argue like even the times that I had in a half marathon, like if I doubled that, it was like almost the 3.30, which is like, okay, well, what makes you believe that you could keep up that pace for a full marathon if that's what you're doing for a half marathon? Like nothing that I've ever done in my life would have led me to like tangibly see that I could do that, but I believed it. I was like, I'm a 3.30 runner. I'm a 3.30 runner. And I just kept repeating that to myself. And, And at first I didn't believe it. I really didn't. But over time, I was repeating that to myself for months, for months. And every time I would go for a run, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to train to the time that I need to train to, which is about an eight-minute split. And so basically, you're running eight-minute miles for 26.2 miles, right? And I was like, I, I can do it. I, I just believe I'm a 3.30 marathoner. I believe that that is my caliber. And obviously, I went through all of the training. And so again, that was a thought, but it was followed by a fuck ton of action. Like I was training so hard. I was putting in all of the miles, all of the training, all of the long runs. And I made it happen. I ran a 3.30.50. And for all intents and purposes, I'm going to say that I achieved my goal considering I came from like a five hour marathon, came down to a 3.30 marathon. That's literally a 90 minute drop. And I just would never have done that. Like if I had told myself, okay, you know what? Let's just run four hours first. Let's just see if we can get four hours under our belt. That's still a huge PR. That's a one hour PR. So let's just get that under our belt. That's a very common goal for females. Very common goal for anyone, honestly. Four hour marathon, like that's legit. I promise you, if I had set that as my goal, I would have run somewhere far closer to four hours. There's absolutely no way in hell I would have ran 330 if I set my goal as four hours. Because I would have believed that I was a four-hour marathoner, not a 3.30 marathoner. So you see what I'm saying? Like, that works. It, it, it's just so powerful. And, like, an even more recent example is I ran the New York City United Airlines Half Marathon back in March. And I ran a 1.39. And I was kind of upset because I had run a 1.37 a few months prior. And I was like, <sighs> dang it. I know that's not, like, I know that's not my best quality time that's kind of the only race I was going to run, like the only big race I was going to run before New York later this year. But now I don't feel that confident. Like I want another race under my belt. So I said, you know what? I'm only giving myself eight more weeks to train because I already have a really good base. So I'm not going to do like a full 16 week cycle or anything like that. I'm giving myself eight weeks. And in eight weeks from now, I'm running a 135, right? So I ran a 139 in March and I said, in May, I'm running a 135. And if 
I'm assuming most people that listen to this podcast are runners, but if you're not, like, it is very hard to take off, like, four minutes and a half marathon is a lot, that's a lot of time, and so to believe that I could do that in two months was, like, a very rich goal, but I freaking stepped it up, like, I went ham for eight weeks, I put myself through such hard speed workouts. I just elevated the game. I started eating so much more protein than I was eating. I rebought my membership at Whoop. I started tracking my sleep again. I started getting in my electrolytes, my water. I started taking my recovery very seriously. I just dialed it in. I was like, no, I am running a 135. That's it. I'm doing it. And <laughs> lo and behold, I ran a 135.20. Again, for all intents and purposes. I'm going to consider that hitting my goal. I'm not really somebody who's like, oh, I had to get like 134.59 for me to believe that I achieved my goal. Like a 135.20 to me, I'm like, I achieved that. I was just so proud of myself. So that's a 717 split, which I've never run anything close to as fast as that for for a half marathon, like not even close. Um, So I was just so proud of myself. And I was like, damn, that just really proves to me like, I just set the goal and then I said, okay, what times do I have to hit in my training? What type of training do I have to do? What type of speed work do I have to do? What types of long runs do I have to do to hit that time? And then now I'm just going to go do it because I already know I can run a 135. That I already know. So I just need to actually get my body from point A to point B, which is from where it is now to running a 135. And so I, I believed I could do it. And so I trained for it and I did it. And again, I think the important part about that is if I didn't believe I could do it, then I wouldn't have trained to that time. I would have said, you know what? That would be great if I could run a 135, but yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen for me. Well, then I promise you I would have never run a 135. And that was only eight weeks after my 139. I would love to run 90 minutes. I would love to run 90 minutes, um, which would be like a whole nother five minutes off from where I am now. And I know that I can do it. Like I, there are certain biological limits to people. And especially when you think about VO2 max, like in females, the average VO2 max by age is so much lower than it is in males, which is why like at these shorter distances, males will just be like these, the same, I guess, athletic athleticism, like the same athletic level of a male and female, the male is always going to be faster because their VO2 max is just higher. Um, obviously elite females will be faster than, you know, males, but, and then coming on to the last place that I've used this in my life thus far that I can like, just think of off the top of my head, like these big places that I've used it is my social media, being a running influencer, being a fitness influencer. Um, it really gave me just so much perspective on it because I started my social media pages in, so in July of 2022. So Almost a year ago, 11 months ago now, I started my TikTok and I have 18,000 followers on TikTok now. And I'm not saying I like popped off like crazy or anything like that, but I, first, I didn't believe that I could ever get to 10K. I was like, oh, that's just like, that would be so sick. It would be so cool. But then I started realizing, yeah, if I believe that, then I'm never going to get there. Like I'm hindering myself. So I started telling myself, I'm like, I'm a fitness influencer. What would a fitness influencer do? What would a running influencer do? What would they post on their TikTok? What would they post on their Instagram? What would they post on their story? How would they carry themselves? How would they deliver information? How would they motivate people, inspire people? What would they do? Like, what would they act like? And then I just started doing that. And I, I was relentless about it. Like for the first six months that I had TikTok, I posted five times a day. And my sister was like, I think that's too many times to post a day. But I was like, 
it probably is in the long term, but right now I need to just grind and I need to be putting out as much content as possible because social media platforms and algorithms really value consistency. And so if you're not consistent with it, it's not going to happen. So I had, you know, been posting, like I've had this fast and flow Instagram since 2020. So since June of 2020, but I didn't start taking it seriously on my Instagram until December, like November or December of 2022. So that was only about six months ago. So in six months on my Instagram, I went from about 400 or 500 followers to 15,000 followers. Again, not saying like anything was crazy or anything popped off, but I truly just started believing that I was deserving of these followers, that I had a message to share that I really wanted to get across to people. I'm like, I know that in my heart, I want to share things that are so helpful and motivational. And I've learned so much from social media and from podcasts and from YouTube. And that's why I wanted to start this podcast because I think, I think it's such a great forum. Like it's just, I, the only thing that's ever come out of podcasts for me are beneficial things. I've never felt like, oh my gosh, I'm addicted. I've been scrolling on the podcast. Like that's not even possible. And so yeah, it's just like, I know that I'm like, I trust my heart and my heart and my intentions are in such a good place that I know I deserve this. And so again, coming back to that first line, I said, you will never rise above what you believe you deserve, right? And so until I believed that I deserved to have 10,000 followers, I didn't get to 10,000 followers. And now what? I believe I deserve to have 50,000, 100,000, a million. Like, I truly, once you start believing and seeing how these things can manifest in your life, you believe, you start to see the limit. There is no limit. The limit does not exist. (laughs) Mean girls. But no, truly the limit does not exist. You are limited by your own mind. And I think once you believe that, it's like, holy shit. Like, I don't know, man. It's super empowering once you really start to realize that and believe that in your soul. And yeah, sorry, if I sound super jacked up right now, actually, I'm not sorry, because this is so important, and I sound jacked up because I am jacked up, because this has changed my life, like, this has truly changed my life, believing this, and it just, this is the beginning for me, and once you just start to believe that you can have anything you want, if you believe it, it just opens every single door for you, and kind of just leaving you with one of these last thoughts is our mind moves to what we're familiar with, right? So we've been conditioned to think and believe and behave a certain way, whether that's from our parents, from our schooling, our teachers, our friends, our peers, society, social media, whatever it is, our mind moves to what we're familiar with. And we've been conditioned to believe certain things about our bodies, ourselves, our confidence, our ability level, our intellect, our intelligence, just everything, right? And then you have to spend time like unconditioning yourself, unbelieving certain things, rewinding, coming back, right? Like you can't just go from believing that you hate your body to believing that you have your dream body without doing some serious unraveling, some serious unwinding. And it's going to take time. And I think that's the thing that's so important. These things take time. Like you have to unravel old beliefs and throw them out to make way for these new ones, right? Push them aside, make way for the new ones. But it is possible and it takes a concerted effort, but it's totally possible and it will totally change your freaking life. Woo! Anyway, oh my gosh, I finally breathe right now. Actually, I'm, I'm excited to listen to this episode back because whenever I am feeling down and I'm feeling like I can't achieve something, 
I'm listening to this. Whenever I feel like I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm listening to this because I'm here telling myself that I am and I believe that I am. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really hope it makes you believe that you can do anything in your life and you start thinking about things that you want and then applying action towards those things. And again, this is going to be conscious, right? Like you're going to think you want that and then you have to start taking action steps consciously towards those things. But it's also going to be subconscious. Your brain then is going to start finding friends, finding information, finding opportunities that support the things that you believe that you want, that you think you want, right? You're going to keep thinking these thoughts over and over again and they're going to come true, baby. So if you enjoy this episode, please leave me a five star (laughs) rating and review the podcast. I don't know if that helps me, but I think it does. I do really need to figure out the like algorithm or how podcasts work because I want to get this out to more people, but I haven't really been focused on like getting it out to people so honestly if anyone knows about podcasts or anyone has a podcast themselves please let me know how I can promote that a little bit more um because I've kind of just been like talking from the heart and just posting it and just whoever follows me on Instagram and TikTok that sees that I posted it goes and listens which is great but I really do want to get it out to more people because I believe that this information is very valuable and I deserve I believe I deserve this podcast to pop off (laughs) so it will pop off and I'm gonna figure out how to do it Um, But yeah, please also drop me a DM on Instagram. I literally love DMing with people who listen to the podcast because I'm like, dang, they just took like 20, 30 minutes out of their day to listen to me speak. That is such a blessing. And I am so grateful for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.